A reading from the 10th chapter of the Gospel according to Mark, beginning with the first verse. Jesus left that place and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan. And crowds again gathered around Him. And as was His custom, He again taught them. Some Pharisees came, and to test them they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, He wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms and laid his hands on them and blessed them. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be God. I suspect that most of you have heard this joke before, or at the very least, some similar version of it. I think it highlights for us the hardness of heart that Jesus is speaking of. It goes like this. A woman was talking with a newly divorced friend about her own marriage difficulties. She'd become convinced that a divorce was the only way for her to be happy again. She asked her friend, out of concern, and wondering how she would manage it, she asked her, why are divorces so expensive? And her newly divorced friend looked at her and said, because they're worth it. I'm glad you didn't laugh. It's horrible, isn't it? A horrible affirmation. A horrible affirmation of how hard-hearted our society can be at times. And not just our society, but Jesus' own society and Moses' society. The people of Israel. Moses wrote that command to them because they were hard-hearted. It begs the question, how can we be so flippant about something as deadly as divorce? Every day on WBT radio, you can hear an advertisement for a legal firm that specializes in protecting men in divorces. There's enough of it in our region that they believe they can make enough money to justify advertising here and hiring lawyers here to represent them. Even to do seminars here. 
on how to protect your assets if you decide to leave your wife. Hard-heartedness. Many people today, it seems, enter into marriage with the thought that it's something that you can get out of easily, so why not? It's like renting a car or joining a health club. If you don't like it, you can just quit and walk away. Because our hearts are hard. We're often more interested in what God will allow than what God intended. Hard hearts are resentful hearts. Hard hearts are born into mistrust and hatred. Because that's where resentment leads us. And mistrust and hatred and lack of respect are the threshold of divorce. Divorce is at best the death of a relationship. There's hardly anything good can be said about it except in those cases where a person is being abused and needs to get out. And Jesus was not speaking to them. But He is speaking to all of us who would put our hard hearts above everything else, including children. He says to us, we must enter like a child. Vulnerable. That's what He's saying. Moses wrote that the man could just leave the woman for any reason, any defect he found in her. And Jesus was protecting her because she was vulnerable. In that society, if she was left, she would have nothing, no way to care for herself. To describe the marriage relationship that God intends, Jesus quotes from the second chapter of Genesis. And He said to them, from the beginning it was not that way. From the beginning of creation, what Moses allowed was not God's intention. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. That a man should leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, the two become one flesh. And then Jesus added to that quote from Genesis, therefore let no one divide them. Let no one put asunder what God has joined together, as it sounds in our liturgy, for weddings. We still repeat those words, expecting that God will join two people together, not to be broken, but to remain together. From Jesus' own lips, we hear God's intention for the relationship of marriage. From the Pharisees' lips, we hear what God allowed because our hearts were hard. It's a sad contrast, isn't it? What God desires for us is fidelity and to be together forever, to share every part of life together. But what we often look for is will God allow us to get out if it's too much work? Moses wrote that if a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her from her house, and he goes on. It's very callous sounding, isn't it? These people came to Jesus with that question to trip him up, to get him to say something about the law or about Moses that they could use against him. But instead of saying that Moses was wrong, what Jesus did is bring Moses' motive to light to allow us to see that Moses allowed divorce because our hearts are hard. Because we're unwilling to forgive. That we're callous. 
and that we're often unloving of the people who love us most. In verse 50 of the previous chapter of Mark's Gospel, Jesus called us to be at peace with one another, showing us that God's intent is not that we would be severed, not that our relationships would be broken, but that we would be at peace with each other, not to have hard hearts, not to allow hard hearts to rule us, not to allow hard hearts to reign over our relationships and even to ruin our relationships. Whether it's marriage or anything else, a hard heart will ruin every friendship you will ever have. That's why the proverb tells us, guard your heart. It's the beginning of life. We're not to allow our hard hearts to rule and ruin our relationships. Peace requires love. To be at peace with another, one another, another, excuse me, to be at peace with one another requires that our hard hearts be healed. Be transformed into loving hearts that are full of forgiveness, both for others and hear this, for ourselves. To be able to forgive ourselves for our failings, particularly when we fail our spouse, our friends, our parents, our children. Often hard-heartedness is an effort to protect ourselves from having to say, I'm sorry. An effort to protect ourselves from feeling guilty. Peace is the result of laying down prideful love of self and loving God first. Peace is the product of loving others as God has loved them. Loving our spouses, our family, our friends, even our enemies. It's good news for us that through faith in Christ, By the grace of God, God's own love is being poured into us by the Holy Spirit. That's what God is doing in us. Putting His own love in our hearts. To transform our hard hearts. So that we can be instruments of peace. God's love is at work and all who have faith in Christ, including us. The question is, why do we fight it so hard? Why do we fight loving other people so hard? Why do we try to qualify who we can love? To set up boundaries around who we will be good to. When we choose to serve the hard-heartedness that's in us, to not forgive and to not love certain people, we fight the work that God is doing in us to renew us and soften our hearts so that we can love as God loves. When we yield to our our hard-heartedness, we're not yielding to God. And when we do that, we fight the promise that God has made to us through the prophet Ezekiel when God says to us, I will sprinkle clean water on you 
and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities, from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's the new covenant that God wants to make with us through Jesus Christ. To give us a soft heart, a loving heart, a clean heart, a pure heart, a living heart, not a dead heart, not a hard heart. That's the new covenant that's referred to by Jesus. The first night He sat down with His disciples and shared this meal that we're going to share with Him. As He sat at that table with them, He took a cup, and after giving thanks to God for the cup, He lifted the cup before them and said, This is the cup of My covenant. This is My blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, including us. And when Jesus sat there, He was telling them that the day of the new covenant had come, that the day that Ezekiel promised had come, that it was time for God's people to lay down their hard hearts and to let God give them hearts of flesh, hearts of love, hearts able to love anyone as God loves anyone, hearts able to serve God instead of serving our petty desires. Jesus made with us a new covenant on that night and comes to meet us today to make it again with us today that we can leave here transformed. That we don't have to leave here full of hatred and mistrust and a lack of forgiveness. When we're full of the traits of hard-heartedness, of envy and selfishness and mistrust and resentment and hatred, Dear ones, remember that when you feel those emotions in you, that Jesus desires to take them from you and to change you. To save you from them. Those things lead to death. They lead to death of marriages, to death of friendships, to death of churches, to death of neighborhoods and households. They lead to death of countries and genocides and all sorts of horrible things. Hard-heartedness leads to misery. But our Lord meets us today at this table to offer us hope. To offer us joy. To offer us life. To offer us hearts filled with charity and love. When we allow ourselves to cling to our hard hearts, we cling to death. Instead, wouldn't it be better to cling to Jesus? To cling to the hope of receiving a new heart. To cling to the hope of being purified and made holy. To cling to the hope of something brighter and better. This saying of Jesus about divorce is called one of His hard sayings. It has a hard truth in it for us, but the hard truth is not about divorce. The hard truth is about the condition of our hearts. And if we'll hear it, if we'll hear it, if we'll hear that hard truth that there's hardness left in us and brokenness left in us, we can come to this table in faith and receive healing from that hardness. And the hard truth can instead become... The gospel truth.
and good news. That even though we are filled with death and hurt, we can have life. Even though our hearts are filled with hardness, even though we're broken, Jesus can heal us. Teach us to forgive and love even our spouses. Even when they hurt us. Even our friends when they hurt us. The hard truth is more often than not, and more often than we would care to admit, our hearts are hard and we feel the weight of our brokenness. And the good news, Jesus can heal us. Dear ones, let us come to this table in faith, expecting to be healed. 